Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. It's our six-year anniversary today. So The day we're recording, not the day the this day is being recording. delivered. Yeah. So we just released our very special episode with Mank and with Keith. We hope that you enjoyed it. Yeah. And if that's not enough of us for you, you can come to CrimeCon because we are coming Ooh. to CrimeCon. In Orlando. You can use our code DATE. And get ten percent off your ticket if you want to come, and that helps us out. If not, we'll just see you there. Or helps us out. It's fine. Helps you out. It's in September, so it won't be as humid. Hopefully, Gatorland. Also, I'm finishing up this latest season of The Other Way with Mary Payne on Pink Shade, and Katie and I are both on Jewish Matchmaking, which is on Pink Shade's Supercast, and also on our Patreon and Supercast. So. Where the thruple is back together, it's super exciting. Love it. And yet another reason to check out our Supercast Patreon. Supercast yes. or and or Patreon. Yes. So this episode is one that people have been begging for for a long time. Well, since it aired. And we skipped it because we had the week off. And we happened to take the week off in the craziest episode that ever was. So this episode... In case you don't know what I'm building on, which you are, because everyone on social media has said, when are you doing this episode? It's called Dead Man Talking. Now, there are trigger warnings in this episode. There is SA. There mm -hmm. is child abuse. There is Andrea Canning berating a man in an oxygen mask and asking him if he's crying. And it's the best thing you'll ever see. So if the thought of that disturbs you, just wait. It'll disturb you if you miss it. That's how I feel. Like, if you don't see this interview, so I understand that uh, there's a lot of triggering stuff, a lot of sad stuff, but there's also the most incredible interview you've ever seen. There's offensive stuff everywhere. Landmines just going off, but... In including a horrendous accent that the made worst. me have to turn the volume down. And that's coming from us. How dare you? Yeah. Let's get into this episode. It's long and dense, and I'm excited. Dead Man Talking, Season 31, Episode 28, April 21st, 2023, hosted by Andrea Canning, who cannot, I feel like she's just, she's brilliant. She could, she's so good, and she's probably holding back a laugh this whole time. It's so good. Yeah. So she, she tells us ahead of time, this is going to be an international dragnet. This is going to be one of the most perplexing and confounding people Dateline has ever encountered, has is Andrea Cannon using hyperbole? Nay. Nay, she is not. That is truth, what she just said. Yeah. So this is the story of Nicholas Aloverdian. He grew up on Rhode Island, in Rhode Island. Do you say on Rhode Island? Like long, on Long Island? No, I think you say in Rhode Island. I like on, on Rhode Island. It I sounds know. like a play as it well. It does. On Rhode on Island. Island. <laughs> on Golden Pond. Yeah. That's it. So he grew up, his growing up was very tough. He wound up in foster care where he was abused, allegedly. According to Nicholas. Correct. He was Yeah, I didn't mean abused. to sound dismissive. Yeah. Apologies. The he, claims that he makes is that he was abused in daily. foster care system. Yes, yeah. very mm -hmm. badly. And we don't know really any more details. These are the that. claims that he makes. Right. He was given a job at the state house as a page as a teen. And so of course Andrea is at the state house with this state rep. Brian Coogan is mm -hmm. this state rep and he's wearing jeans and yeah. a zip up. Yeah. And then you see he's wearing a white t-shirt underneath and a giant gold chain. 
I'm obsessed with, Brian Coogan. And he talks with a very thick accent, which yes, I'm not going to do. And Why not? I don't know if I can. I don't this know how to do This is one of your Rhode accents. Island. This is in your Long, Long Island. Island. Mm-hmm. I saw him across the rotunda. Yes, that's it. And I have my gold chain and all I need is a Kangle hat and I'll be like LL Cool J on the floor making laws, passing bills like spitting rhymes. <laughs> but he's like this white dad from Long Island. It's brilliant. It's so good. Yeah. And I love that he didn't dress up. <laughs> that is dre- I'm so sorry. That I'm so is, sorry that is dressed that up. Is it's a nice up. hoodie. Yeah. So it's not, sorry, it's not a hoodie. It's one of those zip ups at the top, the three fourths. Yeah, three fourths. one quarter. Do you a call mock it? zip, I think is what it's called. Yeah. So Nicholas was a teenager and he was studying all the bills, learning the laws. You think he has this brilliant future as a lawyer ahead of him. He is in foster care due to some troubles at home that we will get into later. He went to college. He came back to Rhode Island and fought to bring change to the foster care system because his upbringing was Dickensian, as one of the lawmakers says. So Nicholas ended up suing the Department of Children, Youth, and Families for not protecting him because of the abuse he suffered. The case settled. We don't know any more about it. But all of the representatives were impressed by this young man who can barely see over the podium because he's a little short and he's holding conferences and really trying to make change, even though he's not an elected official. He's like a social community person. Advocate. Advocate. He's just like one of those kids that's really into politics or poli sci. Yeah, I went to school with one of those. Mm-hmm. I think we've he all been to school pants. with one of those. Uh huh. Yeah, we were in go. all the AP classes together. Uh-huh. He said he would only consider getting married for tax benefits. This was in high school. He said this. There is always one. Yeah. And sometimes they go. It's why you have to look very carefully at candidates that are running because you don't want to vote for that kid. I just yeah. I wouldn't because if it's there's that, that young, show. Did you see the Netflix show The Politician? And it's I highly recommend. It's a very black black comedy. Mm-hmm. He is like running for president essentially, but of his school, and he's willing to kill people to be the president of his private high school. It's like and the election with Tracy. Yes, Flick. it's exactly like mm-hmm. that. So in 2020, so we're jumping ahead, but we're going to jump back. The timeline is all over the place. Okay. You might need a chart. In 2020, Nicholas contacts the press with a press release to say that he has terminal non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And then a couple months later, he is dead at the age of 32. It's very sad, but wait. So his office sends out a note, because he has an office, I guess, okay. sends out an obituary that was published in the Boston Globe. He doesn't and other have an places. office. No, no, I know. I'm gonna, I'm That's gonna why I said it in quotes. Squirch that, but they can't yeah. see that. So no. I, I tried to do it with the tone. He yeah. has an office, apparently. An office, like when people sign off on their iPhone and it says, sent from my office, but it's yeah. their iPhone. Yeah, I like that. So... He is, his office that doesn't exist sent out an obituary. It's published and it says it's very poignant and grandiose and talks about what a community leader he was and a hero. And it says that his final words were fear not and run towards the bliss of the sun. Now, I assumed that was an important quote from somewhere, so I gave it a bing, and all that came up was Nicholas. So I'm not sure if it is a literary reference and he's somehow overtaken it. That's what it just kept saying, Nicholas. That's what he said. His final words were as he was dying. He said, uh-huh. fear not and run towards the bliss of the sun. And he listened to the end credits 
for the movie Contact, starring Jodie Foster. The end credits, specifically. Really I'm like offended for Jodie in this moment. Jodie um, has already been involved in something that she doesn't want to be involved in, and we all know what that is. So let's not drag her into this as well. Let's keep her name out of your mouth, is what I'd like here. Um, and I'm fine with that. As her biggest fan. So, yeah. okay, hold on. I have a feeling, <laughs> Fear Not sounds like it's a quote from a the Bible, maybe. Right. And then Run Towards the Bliss of the Sun seems like he's taking things from poets and maybe classical authors, a Bronte, maybe. Yeah. So it feels like he's sort of just smirching them all together mm -hmm. in something that sounds very poetic and epic. Now, half of what I say is quotes from Bob's Burgers. So who am I, which is genius in its own right. So that's all I'm doing is regurgitating. So fine. That's not true. You would never do this. It also... Who wants to sound like a douche on their deathbed? I know it's so pretentious. Who don't wants have a pretentious to sound, death. Yeah, don't do that Please and play the ending credits death. to contact. No, I know. Why contact? Because it aliens? Because it's very epic sounding. And also, no, doesn't she walk off with her dad? She dies at the end uh -huh. of the spoiler alert. Some, sorry. Pretty yeah, sure that I think she likes it's unclear, but there's something supernatural that's it's happening. clearly unclear, clear that yeah. possibly she goes off into quote space the which light is, i don't know yeah uh-huh the great light beyond yeah. or the blissful which was light he was doing he's going towards the bliss of the, the sun did you look up quotes from contact about the blissful sun no <laughs> i felt like that would have come up but then i now i'm realizing there's probably no page that lists quotes except maybe imdb has like the best quotes from the movie contact so his obituary calls him a peacemaker and a warrior and legislators oh my god <laughs> Katie already took her headphones Sorry, off I missed and we're the, at 14 I, minutes. I missed the warrior. I can't yeah, warrior. It's a warrior. Legislators that knew him spoke at the House of Chambers. They were passing laws on whatever. And they were like, also RIP to Nicholas. He was a great young man. So then this Catholic priest in Rhode Island gets a call from this woman named Louise from Switzerland who claims to be Nicholas's widow, and she wants to have a memorial mass for him at the church. And the priest, of course, said, sure. So she sends his bio, which she wants read at the mass, and the priest reads it and thinks, wow, he's like a cross between Mother Teresa or Nelson Mandela. And the priest talks like Brian with the zip up. I don't know. So... <laughs> And he she wanted, <laughs> he does, she, he doesn't really. She wants elected officials to speak. She wants Mozart and Bach to be playing by a symphony orchestra. And the priest is wondering, who's paying for this? Am I paying for this? Right. So maybe the guy with the hoodie, the zip up, the non hoodie zip up is going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. So then, if you think we're making fun of a dead man and you're very thinking, how callous, I can never listen to KK again. The state police calls the priest and says, don't have the mass. He's not dead. And Andrea is talking to the priest and she's delighted by this twist, even though she knew already because she's doing the episode. But she's right. delighted at the way he's telling it. And she says, oh, wow. And she says, and it's not like he had risen from the dead. In case you're thinking maybe of Pastor Biley in one of my favorite episodes, Twisted Faith. He knows people in Africa who are doing that sort of thing. It's not that kind of thing. He faked his own death. Boy. Don't have the mess. So then we go a little rewind. Rewind. And I haven't done that in a long time. It felt good. We meet 
Nicholas's adopted father, David Rossi, who is the name of one of the guys on CS, not CSI, Criminal Minds. I'm pretty sure. Really? I think someone wrote me too. I think it's Joe Montaigne's character. I could be wrong. It could have been that other guy that was in Dharma and Greg. Unsure. That's a show I have on like in the background. Also, there's a really weird 70s cartoon called Mr. Rossi Finds Happiness. If you can find that cartoon, let me know. I've been looking. So he married Nicholas's mom when Nicholas was eight. Now, the only reason I'm mentioning David is because David was an Engelbert Humperdinck impersonator. Yes, you heard that right. There we and go. yes, I pronounced that name right. And I've never said that name out loud in my life. I don't good? know what he sings. I think he's a singer. I don't know who he is. I'm embarrassed. But I think that's you do. a name. I think that the song that they're playing is it not maybe one of his most popular. Don't come I, at I'm me. I'm sure I would recognize one EH of his songs. Fan. Sorry, sorry, Angs, Humps, Dinkies Dinky. out there. Humperdinkies. Yeah, I don't know what that they go by. terrible. And so this David hung out with him. Like the man, Humperdinky himself, mm-hmm. was hanging out with his impersonator, which is strange. But I do love it because that one episode we have Vin Diesel and then this episode was like, hold my beer. I have Humperdink. Yeah. So David, the stepdad, said Nicholas was super smart, especially with computers, but he would use it to threaten people like he could destroy people's lives on the computer as a child, he would do this. And he then became violent towards his mother. Now, this is all according to David, David the stepdad, but it gets backed up pretty much a lot by more people. Mm-hmm. So David one time got so mad at him, he put Nicholas on the bus to school in his underwear. And Mother Andrea is shocked. She would never. She would, you know, her children go to school looking perfect in his underwear, which is humiliating. And David said, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't, he was the devil's spawn. He was destroying our family every Christmas, every Thanksgiving. He was destroying our family. He's evil. He's very passionate about his hatred for Yeah, his stepson. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They even tried to institutionalize Nicholas a few times, but according to David, the institutions would kick him out because they couldn't even handle him. So once at Disney World, the happiest place on earth, Nicholas attacks his mom again and David loses it. And trigger alert, he beats up Nicholas and sends him to the hospital. And Andrea is horrified because you should never hit a child, and she knows that, but maybe this child is Damien, the devil's seed, but you still shouldn't do it. Andrea's reaction is so classy, by the way. She's yeah. like, but he's a child. I yeah. mean, she, the way that she approaches it is like, not okay no matter what your excuse. Totally. And David says, I will never forgive myself. I will never forgive myself, but I lost it. He was beating up my wife. So but then David, you beat him to the point where he had to go to the hospital, David. Yeah, and he's a child. Mm-hmm. So David was arrested. Also, but a, if he's beating your wife, call the police. Right. You're at Disneyland. Get those security guards. Call the over. police to come and take your son and scare him straight. Figure Apparently, something out. That he needs to go to one of those camps that Dr. Phil No, he up. does not. No, he does not. Oh, that they make them bad? That has been, oh. Oh, it's like oh, dare. It go sends to YouTube. people bad. Go to YouTube. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to. There's some stuff uh, on there about those. The Catch Me Outside girl. Is she bad has now, some, right? she's been telling some stuff about those oh, camps. God. Okay, I'm yeah. so sorry. Don't go to those camps. Don't go to a camp. So David was arrested, but he says, and I would like confirmation on this, 
that the police dropped the charges against him because they learned about Nicholas's issues, issues and history. When we get to the fake accent later, the issues is going to be so much funnier, and I didn't do it on purpose. So, is if that's true that the police? saw that this man beat up his stepson and then said, we don't blame you. He was beating up his mom. He's beating up children at school. He's kicked He beat up nurses, doctors, everybody. We get it. I don't know if that's true. David is not the classiest of characters. So I don't know if I believe him, but there's no record of him ever going to jail or anything. There's so, lots of stories yeah, happening in this it, episode we so we're true. just gonna tell you what they're saying and what don't David take it saying. as fact what this is just that's what they're sh- saying happened that should be advice for every one of our episodes it really should we're not don't saying take, an opinion a day with dateline don't take it as fact like you know that when we're giving an opinion you'll know this mm-hmm. is literally as the story is told to us through yep. one person what happened yeah don't know if it's true Basically, a Neither nightmare. Andrea. Lots of violence in the family. Right. And David eventually walks out on the family. And after, and eventually, Nicholas winds up in a lot of foster care situations. And I think he's around 14 at this time when he calls the representative in the zip up and the jeans, Brian Coogan, and asks him to adopt him. And Brian really thought he was a great kid. So the representative goes to the judge and says, listen, judge, I wore my best tracksuit to this hearing and this kid is being abused. We should let me adopt him. And the judge says, listen, zip up, white T-shirt, gold chain wearing representative. I can't show you his file, but I can tell you with my hand up on the side of my mouth and say, Everything this kid is claiming has been done to him, he's actually doing to everyone else. He's Damien. He's a bad seed. And so Brian... And for some reason, I fully believe Brian's story. I do. (laughs) Brian is a truth teller. He's one of those straight shooters. Brian seems like a straight shooter. Yeah. And you'll never know the difference with Brian. (laughs) I think we just might not. So we're just going to say maybe true, probably true. Maybe true. Okay. So... Brian listens to the judge and doesn't adopt Nicholas. And I never thought I would be against adopting a child in foster care, but that's what Dateline has done to me. I think in this situation, that was really good. Brian, we're glad you're still alive. Although Brian may have scared him straight. Brian does seem like a no-nonsense kind of dad. Maybe, but I think he has a soft spot for Nicholas, and Nicholas kind of had him hoodwinked for a while. He did, which is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So Nicholas eventually goes to college in Ohio, and this is where the SA comes in, trigger warning. Yes. He reaches out to a girl, Mary, on MySpace, and she says, I have a boyfriend, but we can totally be friends. So they hang out, and he was very charming until he assaults her, and she goes to the police. Prosecutors tell her they don't have enough evidence. Then they get a police report that Nicholas has filed saying that she was the aggressor. Okay. And then we come to realize, what Mary says, I don't think this was his first time. And then we find out only 15 days earlier, before Mary's assault, another woman has accused him of S.A., but she decided not to press charges. In Mary's case, they do end up going to trial. Now, in the trial, what happens to a lot of victims, his defense accuses her of lying. But thankfully, the judge believes her and Nicholas was convicted. So he shows up to the sentencing hearing 
in a three-piece suit, which will become his signature look later. And also, don't ever let anybody that's not Mankey wear a hanky. I'm done. Can't have these criminals, these gross, horrible people wearing hankies. He can wear a hanky in the way that he's wearing it, and I'll tell you why later. Okay. So he shows up at this sentencing hearing with a cane and a limp. Come on. Okay, little Weinstein, we see you. We're not falling for it. And wow, the judge falls for it, though. It works. He gets no jail time. I'm going to be honest. I think he's incredibly well-spoken. Yeah, I think so, too. At this point in time, we see him. We see a lot of video of him giving these sort of speeches in the House of Representatives and things like that. Or not the House of Representatives, in the State House. State House. Mm -hmm. So it just looks very fancy. So it feels like it's too fancy almost. It seems like he's probably able to talk himself out of things like just because he's incredibly well-spoken. And Mary gives a great interview and very heartfelt, but I'm wondering if going back to back and this judge had any kind of predilection to be like, she might be lying, you know, Mm -hmm. I can see why that happened. It's just wrong and it should never happen like that. He's wearing a suit and he has a cane. He can barely walk. He didn't do it. She's a liar. So he gets no jail time. And Andrea says perhaps a lesson he tucked away next to his pocket square for next time. Don't draw attention to it, Andrea. I don't like this. So he gets a fine and was had to become a registered sex offender. There we no go. No jail time. There we but go. But that's good, at least. Yeah. So a few months later, a judge reopens the case. Why, you ask? Because Nicholas brings new information to the judge and says, look at this drunk confession that Mary posted on MySpace, because everything happens on MySpace, because it's 2008. I thought MySpace was already gone by then. But she posted, according to him, a confession when she was drunk that said it was consensual and she lied about it to hide her undying love for Nicholas. So obviously she didn't write this. Obviously he wrote this and he can't even have the decency to have her as when he's writing as her say, oh, it didn't happen. She says it happened and she was madly in love with me and she couldn't have me. And that's why she lied and said I assaulted her. What a Horrible monster douchebag. Wow. So the judge thankfully realizes this MySpace post is absolutely fake. Mary did not write this. So gets thrown out. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, really quick. What's he trying to do? Is he trying to get his name off the sex offender registry? No, I think he wants revenge. He right. says he wants off the sex offender effects sex. Of, that's hard to say because he can't get a job and can't find a girlfriend. Because he's on this list, to which we all say good. But he also is a man who seeks revenge. He... Right. He sort of wants... He he, wants to ruin her. He's petty. And he does things out of spite. He feels like she ruined him. So he's trying to now... Right. Got it. So he also tries to sue all the prosecutors in the case. Okay. Because they put him on this list. Sue Mary... And he's also cyber-stalking her. So he's writing posts online, calling her a liar, a sex-crazed psychotic, and he's posting these on men's rights websites. Insert Kimberly, I roll here. Men's rights websites. I can't with the men's rights. Those were around in 2008? Incels have been around forever. It's gross. That's, I can't, I want to vomit. Yeah, it's bad. So he's, he even posts pictures of her house 
and doxes her probably before we wow. knew what doxing was, which could have gotten her killed by anybody on those men's rights websites. Thankfully, At the very least, assaulted. Like, it, again, yes. it could have really, like, that's Absolutely. super incredibly dangerous and really shows and his disregard care. for yeah. so yeah, reckless people. So thankfully, this case against her and the prosecutors was thrown out and he was ordered to pay her legal fees. But it's not over yet. She gets married and her new husband writes a blog post where he calls Nicholas crazy because obviously and he sues the husband, but he loses this one, too. So he's not having great luck in court. He then moves back to Rhode Island because this was all where he went to college in Ohio. That's all happened in Ohio. Yeah. He moves back to Rhode Island with this new polished look, and he's now advocating for reform for the foster care system at the state house. This is now around 2010. So this is the video that we're seeing. Yeah, him over the podium, like trying to peek out over the podium, trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, having people gathered around him, but he called them there to make it look like he has all these listeners. All these press releases. Yeah. He holds these press conferences out of nowhere and people go because, I don't know, he's paying them? I don't know. So he has gotten married now and he has gotten arrested for DV. In Rhode Island. In Rhode Island. While he's being this wannabe political leader who was never elected. And when they arrest him for DV in the back of the police car, he's banging his heads on the bars and the cops have to use pepper spray against him. So wow, he's like a child. I don't know. He's like a tantrum. Like Cam said he was like throwing a tantrum and that felt very accurate. It it feels scarier than that to me. For some reason, it feels like caged animal trapped. So it feels more violent. Yeah. Like he can't. He has a rage problem clearly that he cannot control. Absolutely. This is not good. Yeah. Especially against women. But against men too, actually, later. So Nicholas gets probation for this DV and they get divorced. Other women around the same time are accusing him of SA, but they don't pursue charges against him because they're scared of him, which is valid. Yeah, it's sad. Incredibly scary. And mm -hmm. he's vindictive. Mm Mm-hmm. By 2015. And is he kind of in the public eye a little bit? A little. Okay, okay. A little. Okay. If you were not in that circle, like doing press reporting for the state house, I don't think you would know who he is. Yeah. Okay, okay. By 2015, he had left Rhode Island and went back to Ohio, where he went to college, where he ruined Mary, but she's a survivor. This is a lot of moving around. Sorry, we're going back and forth between Rhode Island and Ohio for a lot of this. Which can be really taxing on your pocketbook on remembering what time zone you're in. Mm-hmm. So for friendships and then also mm-hmm. on your hair. Yeah. I know because I've lived in three states in four years. Ohio, Rhode Island, very different climates. Exactly. Air pollution. Uh-huh. All sorts of different stuff on your hair. It can be taxing. And that's why I trust the pros at Pros Customized Hair Care to take care of my hair when I do all my moves. I don't care who takes care of Nicholas's hair. He can take care of his own hair. Yeah. Most of you have probably heard us singing the praises of Pros, and they're truly custom made to order hair care. Switching to a custom routine from Pros was one of the best things that I've ever done for my hair, and the results keep just getting better. With my made-to-order, unique-to-me formulas from Pros, my hair is shinier and stronger than it's been in a long time. I love my custom shampoo, pre-shampoo treatment, conditioner, and hair oil from Pros Mm because they are made for me and all my damage. 
my hair damage, that <laughs> is. And who couldn't use a little help with their damage? Pros knows there is more to you than just your hair type. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started on my pros journey. And the quiz is all about you and factors that contribute to your hair. Questions like your zip code, your eating habits, the damage level. They analyze over 85 personal factors. So the quiz really gets to know you and your hair. It's like an Enneagram, but with your hair. And then Pros handpicks clean, sustainably sourced ingredients that get you closer to your hair goals with every single wash. And for those of you whose lives like to take twists and turns like mine, Pros' review and refine tool lets you tweak your formulas for any reason. So if you change up your address a lot, if you change your hair color a lot, or even if you change your diet. And as a carbon-neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. Yay, Pros! Yay, Pros! All of their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. Ding, ding, ding. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. Yes. And if you're not 100% positive that Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they will, the best hair care you've had, they will take the products back no questions asked. Custom made-to-order hair care from Pros has your name all over it. So get started. Take your free in-depth hair consultation today and get 15% off your first order. Go to pros.com slash date dateline. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date dateline for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. You can trust the pros at pros to handle your damage level and get your hair looking gorgeous. Thank you so much, pros. Thank you, pros. So by 2015, he had left Rhode Island, went back to Ohio. He is speaking at city council meetings there and starts a nonprofit to revitalize downtown Dayton. And there he meets a woman named Catherine, who he meets at church. And she thinks he must be a nice guy because I met him at church. Catherine, I have some Dateline episodes I'd like to send you. She had just been in a bad situation and was vulnerable. She's perfect prey Uh. for him. He was sympathetic to the problems she had had. He told her he was a Harvard graduate. That's one of his favorite lines that is not true. After a few months of dating her, he proposed while they were watching TV, which is actually kind of my dream proposal and my dream marriage. But everything in her is saying, no, this is too soon and something is off in this relationship. Trust your instincts. She she didn't trust her instincts. Okay, hopefully she will next time. She said she wasn't ready, but he kept pursuing her. And she had always wanted to be a wife and a mom, and that sort of outweighed the common sense here. So she gave in. They married the next day at City Hall, and he gave her a $40 cubic zirconia ring. I don't know. The $40 cubic zirconia ring is fine. But I have a really weird feeling that he presented it as if it was a real diamond. 1,000%. It's the dishonesty. Yeah, they don't tell us that. But it seems like Catherine is not the kind of person to really care about that sort of thing. So the point was more that, yeah, it's not a real diamond. Yeah. So the day after the wedding, Nicholas flipped. He His behavior flipped and he was violent towards her for the first time. He would take her phone so she couldn't call for help. The one time she did call, they arrested him. And the policeman tells Catherine, you know, he's a registered sex offender. 
and she had no idea. She said, he's very dangerous. He said, I do drive-bys around your neighborhood to check on him every day, and I'm scared that the next time I drive by, you'll be chained up in the basement or dead. The police officer said that to her. How scary is that? You know what I also hope the police officer did is slip her a phone a number, number or a card. for somebody, for a safe and house. Say, right. And say, here are some options in the area for you. Yeah. If you need them. Yeah. When you're ready to leave. Mm-hmm. Here's where you can go. And we will protect you because it's the most dangerous time for a woman is when she's trying to leave. And if you are trying to leave, call us. Yeah. And we'll be there as you leave. Yeah. Yeah. So Nicholas tells Catherine, oh, none of that stuff about the, you know, being a sex offender. That girl was lying. It's none of it's true. But he forces Catherine to become a basically a 50s housewife, complete with dresses wearing pantyhose, which somehow made the whole thing so much creepier to me. The pantyhose that he's making her wear pantyhose is so disturbing to me. Also, I think we just need to say nylons. Nylons. I, I can't. Do I don't like pa- pantyhose. I can't do yeah, that it's word. All, it's creepy. Just, yeah. So he had discovered that she had a savings account from her parents and he's starting to spend her money. He starts spending her money on food, first ca- class flights. He's also using the money to rip off school children. So remember that episode of The Office, Scott's Tots? Remember how uncomfortable that was to watch? Yeah. And you don't watch it when it's on repeat on TBS because you're so uncomfortable. And then you'll never forget, hey, Mr. Scott. Hey, Mr. Scott. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Make our dreams come true. It's unwatchable. Yeah, so that's essentially what he did. He sent out scholarship applications to local families. You had to pay to apply for this scholarship. So he's collecting money there, but there's no scholarship. Which is Hey, Mr. Brutal. Nicholas, what you going to do? It's and horrible. smart, because and- a lot of those scholarships you do, I mean, a lot of application type things you have, you to, have to pay, pay. for. It. Yeah. So eventually he had taken $55,000 from Catherine. He would lock her in the bathroom for days and assault her. He's a monster. He's a monster and she was living in hell. She decides to record him abusing her on the phone and it's horrible to listen to and she plays it for Andrea and it's horrible. She is so brave and she decides I'm gonna leave. She leaves everything, even her dogs, but they're okay. We find out later. Don't panic. He's following her, though, because he has GPS tracker in her car. My God. And he catches up to her, and she runs a red light to get away from him and hits another car. And he does not check to see if she's okay. He drives off because he doesn't want to be there when the police show up because he's a true gentleman. Thankfully, she isn't hurt. She files for divorce. So when they try to serve him with divorce papers because he's never showing up to court hearings, they see him wearing a disguise. Remember that for later. He's wearing a disguise so that they can't find him to file divorce there papers. There is something else we important we uncovered during this time. He get, he gets an affinity for wearing bow ties during this time period. Mm. We haven't seen him in a mm-hmm. bow tie yet until now. And Catherine tells us this is sort of his bow tie era, as it were. Ugh. So he she goes to the house to get her stuff. Thankfully, they have ordered him out of the house. And he's left a gun there. As if to say, you know, to scare her. Thankfully, she gets the dogs out and she gets her stuff out and she is safe. Less than a month later, the Treasury Department of the United States and the FBI go to Catherine 
because they're investigating him for fraud. He apparently ripped off his Ohio foster parents that were very nice when he was aging out of the system, which is horrible, by the way. Kids are just abandoned when they age out of the system. He was taken care of by these foster parents. He opened 10 credit cards, although online I saw 22, but Dateline says 10. It's a crazy amount of credit cards he opened in their names with their info and charged $200,000 to these very nice foster parents. Life ruining. Yeah. That's awful. In Rhode Island, we meet Detective O'Donnell, who is wearing the fanciest uniform with a leather sash and straps and things. He looks like a Royal Canadian Mounted Police. He's wearing like a, he's wearing a bandolier. I think that's what, is that that's, what that's called, called? With the cross over the front. It's black with red piping. It's so he looks sharp. like a mounty. It's so cool. And he's wearing it in every yeah. shot we see of him. It's in to the point where at some of his B-roll, it feels like he should be wearing casual clothes, right. but he's still <laughs> he in is. His, but honestly, if I had if that was my getup, I would wear that. All the time. It looks super handsome. Yeah. It's just, it's a good looking look. Yeah. It's just so elevated from what we normally see detectives or officers in. Rhode Island's got it together. Yeah. They're very close to Canada. So I think they've adopted that sort of mounty look. So he is doing routine checks on sex offenders and he sees Nicholas has an outstanding warrant, but he can't find Nicholas because Nicholas has moved and not informed the state where he was, which he's supposed to do. So now they have a new arrest warrant out for him. They put him on Rhode Island's most wanted list. But this is a weird thing too, because I thought he was registered as a sex offender where he went to college, which would be Ohio. Well, he also has done, no, he's you're registered everywhere. I think. So why is Rhode Island checking up on it? Cause he, oh, because his last known address. Right. And was, he had He probably didn't in, change it back to Ohio. He was arrested once with Catherine, too. So he's when he lived. No, in, Catherine's in Dayton. Oh, sorry. So. The previous wife, his first he was, wife, yeah, he was arrested he was, for DV. He had many women that had reported him. And yeah, it is confusing. But I think if you're a sex offender, you're one in every state. I think it goes with you. So, I'm guessing that what he did was he was looking – the domestic violence was also a problem that he was arrested for that in Rhode Island. And yeah. so somehow that flagged him on a bunch of things. And so that might be why he's checking. And then also, I bet you he would never changed his address back to Dayton. Right. So hmm. he finds out – Nicholas finds out he's on Rhode Island's most wanted list and he's furious. So he calls Detective Mountie O'Donnell – and says, you know, I've moved out of the country and you don't know the laws. I don't have to register if I'm moving out of the country and you're an idiot. And he uses big words and was very arrogant. And Detective O'Donnell is dressed like a Mountie and he's not having it. So he calls the U.S. Marshals to check the passports. And it says he has indeed Nicholas has gone to Ireland on a one way ticket. Wow. So. Nicholas hires an attorney to help him deal with this warrant that's out for him for a failure to register and tell the state that he was moving because he's a registered sex offender. The attorney who has Boris Johnson hair says, but it's blonde, it's yellower. He says he's American. He's American. I thought when he opened his mouth, I was expecting British. I was expecting Irish because he was in Ireland. Yeah. So I thought he's American. So he says Nicholas is right. He doesn't have to tell them if he's moving out of the country, which is a very scary loophole. And I don't like that. And I don't either. His own lawyer, Boris Johnson, says 
You know, I have to be careful when dealing with Nicholas because he's very manipulative. So I have to watch out. I'm not getting manipulated by him. His own lawyer says this. Wow. Yeah. So then the lawyer finds out that there's this fraud case and the FBI is looking into him in the Treasury Department and there's a federal warrant out for him. But he's not turning himself in. He's staying in Ireland. So then there's a new thing in Utah. There's a county attorney, David Levitt, who becomes very important. He is looking into old SA cases that have been sitting on the shelves for years. Good for him. Test the backlog of kits. This is an amazing thing. And it's not, and it, there are still backlogs all over the country. There are. So, and more people should do this. Yes. So they get a hit on one of these old tests for Nicholas. And it's a case from 2008. The victim had gotten her test and she reported the assault, but the case died at the police station. The police never passed it along or did anything with it. Boo. Mm. So this woman met Nicholas on MySpace. They became he loves MySpace. They became romantically involved and he was taking money from her. So she's done. She goes to him to end the relationship and get her money back and that's where he attacks her. David Levitt charges... He was busy in 2008. Sorry, that's also when the case with Mary was going on was 2008, right? Yeah. 2008 to 2010 was his really busy period. So she files the report and everything. David Levitt, the county attorney, charges him, but he can't find him. He's still somewhere in the UK or Ireland, somewhere. They don't know where. So... All of these cases and charges and agencies are eventually why he fakes his own death, which we are coming back to now. Brings us back to the yeah. beginning. Okay. So the lo- we meet this local reporter, Tom Mooney, and yeah. he gets the press release from Nick's office of him dying of cancer because they sent out this press release before he was dead saying he's dying, he's a local hero, he's a warrior, all that. You should publish an article about it. You should publish an article about it. And this man works for... He works at the Providence Providence Journal. He works at the Providence Journal. So he gets this press release about Nick's dying of cancer but he doesn't think it'll make that interesting of a story for the paper because i think no one really has heard of him unless you're in that circle he's a hero he's a hero though but maybe no one's heard of him so Mm -hmm. then nicholas calls him nicholas who is dying of cancer calls tom and says you should really write about me dying i am a local hero did you hear that i'm a warrior I'm really planning some great music and inspirational quotes for when I die. You should really write this article about me. He's pitching his own death story to this reporter. So the reporter says, okay, I could see it maybe as a human interest piece. I'll follow you to chemo. We'll go through your journey. And Nicholas then becomes very evasive and says, no, sorry, you can't come to chemo with me because I'm not in Rhode Island. And He says, where are you? And he won't say. And so Tom gets a very bad feeling and is like, I'm not doing this article. This is so offensive. All of this is disgusting. It's disgusting. So one state representative says Nicholas was calling him to tell him he was sick and to check in. He was calling, he said, from France, from Russia. Sometimes the phone was like crackling, like he's on a spy phone. How is he doing that? Do you think he got foil? Yeah, maybe. 
I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I think he wasn't really traveling. I think he was staying in one place, but maybe he had a bad connection. Yeah, he probably had tinfoil. So Nicholas calls the representative with the giant chain, run DM representative, Brian. Yes. And he says, I'm dying. But Brian is now on to him. Brian has already heard from law enforcement who has told him Nicholas is a fugitive. He's not dying. Don't listen to anything he says. So Brian, with his chain, says, listen, you cockroach. You are a cockroach. It rhymes with Papa Roach. You're a cockroach. And cockroaches don't die. You're not dying. You're a predator. You're a cockroach. The cockroach got me. Cockroach. Like it's three different words. It's Papa Roach. What an excellent insult. Uh I'm stealing it. Cockroach. Cockroach. So in 2020, when already a lot was going on, I don't know if you've heard of it. We were busy. It was a busy year. The worst year Mm -hmm. of our Lord. Mm -hmm. News in Rhode Island breaks that he has died of cancer. And all the people and the papers are paying tribute to him. But we've now learned that he was pitching this to them. He was asking these lawmakers. He was sending them press releases of what to say when he died. And pitching. So now these papers are writing stories about him, what a hero he was. Why is he doing that? He loves the glory. He wants to go out with a blaze of glory and then not be remembered for all this horrible other stuff that he has done under that name. But is he also trying to do it? I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It seems like if you were going to fake your death, you would go out quietly. Not with this public grand gestures. Is he worried like the FBI isn't going to get word that he's died? Right. Maybe he needs it in as many places as possible. No idea. That's really weird. If anyone has any theories about why they think he... I think it's just ego. I think think it's both, honestly. I think it's a little bit of 50% ego and then 50%. I got to make sure that all these agencies figure out Stop looking for me because they think I'm dead. And also, I was a really good member of the community, and I helped a lot of people. You know, he's doing that. Yeah. Ridiculous. So Detective O'Donnell, the wannabe Mountie, not wannabe, I love him. He hears about the death and is like, nope, something smells This is the Rhode Island State Police, right? Yeah. That's O'Donnell. Yeah. With the fancy outfit. He Mm -hmm. is like, no, something smells fishy, and it's not maple syrup. He calls around. He calls Interpol. He calls all these other countries to try to get a proof of death to find out that Nicholas has really died and he can't find it. Then he gets a call from a PI who says, you should know the police are looking into this guy, Nicholas. I'm not sure why there was that connection or why maybe the PI knew that he... Basically, this is not part of O'Donnell's job anymore. It's been several years, but he has a grudge against this man. He's petty and he wants to take down Nicholas and I love it. It's like his personal mission. So... Then he finds out that the current widow, okay, there we go. whose name is Louise, is planning a funeral, a big funeral with Bach playing. And so the Mountie O'Donnell is the one who called the priest and said, don't have that memorial mass, but don't tell her that we are on to him and know that he's not really dead. There we so go. make up some reason like you are sick or the church has termites or whatever you have to say. You have to tent the church, whatever. Don't have it. Yeah. 
So the priest has to lie to the widow Louise about why he can't do it. And then he says, I had to go to confession after because I'm not supposed to lie. With the cutest wink. Like not. It was great. That was a really good. And Andrea seemed delighted. Delighted. By this priest who had to make up a story. Yeah. Yeah, He's basically part of a sting operation. And it's great. Yeah. And so Louise gets mad that they're not doing the memorial. But didn't she she have a ton of demands? She had all these. She dem- had, she did, but now she's mad and she's sending him nasty emails and stuff to the priest. Don't send priests nasty. Well, okay, move on. Some priests yeah, are let's, okay. Let's move along. So the detective O'Donnell, the Mountie, finds out that Louise has been talking to several priests about memorials because she has backups. She probably wants multiple funerals, so the whole city will know that he was the hero. So she, he gets them all shut down. He's like petty level 12, and I love it. Fantastic. Yeah. So the FBI calls Brian Coogan, LL Cool J representative, to tell him, you know, Nicholas didn't die, and we can't find him. We need your help. Do you have any information? And Brian says, you're the FBI. How come you can't find him? What are you, a cockroach? And the (laughs) FBI... the He didn't say that last part, but he did say to them, you're the FBI. How come you can't find him? He has such attitude. That's maybe why he's not a representative anymore. He was causing fights on the floor. So FBI said, well, look, we're not a cockroach. Nicholas has been hiding his IP address and he's a computer genius. So I am an FBI candy, not a cockroach. Okay, sir. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I love that chain, by the way. So December 2021, Nicholas makes a mistake. He accidentally gives away his address in Scotland, in an intensive care unit in a hospital in Glasgow. Wow. Which means that Miss Andrea Canning goes to Scotland. I could And she looks amazing. That. How fun. Oh, I hope she so had a great fun. time. So apparently, this man in the hospital, who they think is Nicholas, had a bad case of COVID. So the Scottish authorities go to see the man in the hospital and they have all this stuff from Interpol. They have mugshots, they have photos of tattoos, they have fingerprints so they can do a visual comparison and they say, yeah, that's Nicholas. And he's saying, that's not me. He says his name is Arthur Knight, a law-abiding British businessman. Okay, let's stop here real quick. Arthur Knight. So yeah. you're not even, you couldn't do better than that. You literally thought, what's British? Oh, I know, King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. <laughs> that's how, that's as far as you could get. Yeah, our listener, Anna, who actually lived in Scotland, says it sounds very George, George Glass. It's Arthur, Arthur, Arthur Knight. Knight. Wow. Yeah. So Arthur Knight, this is where it gets wild. He is in a motorized wheelchair because COVID has left him unable to walk. He is wearing a three-piece suit and a hat. He looks like he's a wizard that is trying to dress like a muggle going to work, but he's actually going to the Ministry of Magic. He looks like Edward G. Robinson. He looks like Humphrey Bogart. He looks like someone from a 1940s movie in a full suit, pocket watch, like fully accessorized. Yeah. Like he wants to be Al Capone and it's not working. I, He's also wearing a blanket over his legs like a cold grandma by the fire. So here's what's also going on. Not only is he stolen knights in the round table, he's taken everything from the Roosevelt's. So he has a polio uh-huh. blanket. Uh-huh. And then 
he has these little tiny eyeglasses that look like Teddy Roosevelt. Yes. Little tiny circles, right? You know, where the only thing that's covered is your actual eyeball. Yes. I don't even know where you'd find those. Yeah. They're what you'd call spectacles, not eyeglasses. They are. So he's now stolen from Arthur, several Knights eras. of the Round Table, and the Roosevelt family, yeah. and everyone's yeah. suing. A little bit like Hercule Poirot, also, but without the mustache. Hundred percent. There's lots, lots of references, um, references, and mm-hmm. homages he's doing. So he also, in some of the shots, has a what appears to be a white linen napkin wrapped around his face like a mask, like he's robbing a bank, but with a white linen mask it's the most bizarre he also has an oxygen mask on and there's a woman with red hair who is following behind him with an oxygen tank and in my new favorite b-roll that was so quick i don't know if you caught it he's in this motorized wheelchair and he's not good at it it's very jerky he almost runs over a policeman in his automatic wheelchair he almost hits the cop's ankles because he's bad at driving the wheelchair. Almost on purpose or? I don't know. It was so funny. Wow. And the, the cop like has to like go, oh my God, and jumps out of the way. Wow. So good. He's also like an evil Bond villain too. Like he should be stroking a cat in this motorized wheelchair. So, oh my God. well, or you no, know, you know, the guy from Inspector Gadget, the evil guy from Inspector Gadget. Claw. So thank you. Well, he's out on bail right now. And Arthur, or because they have arrested him because they say he's Nicholas, but he goes by Arthur. Arthur organizes a press tour for himself and his wife. He arranges it all. He's a PR person, literally. He's wearing this oxygen mask because of COVID. And he has this British accent that is the weirdest non-British accent. Oh, my God. There's a little bit of German in it. It's very much for 90 Day fans, like when Yolanda was dating Williams and she thought he was British, but he was actually from Nigeria and she thought his accent sounded British. And when everyone she played the messages for her children, they said, that's not British. Have you never seen a movie? I have analyzed this accent now all day. <laughs> like I figured it out. I figured out what's happening. He's doing a posh accent, right? That's mm-hmm. like, first of all, I'm not British and I'm hoping people don't come after me, but I don't think the majority of people that live in, right. certainly not in Glasgow, would have right. a posh British accent, which is sounds like you're the prime minister. Like people don't right. sound like Boris Johnson mainly. Right. That's not normal. They have different regional accents, right? Yes, absolutely. So he sounds like he's taken the stereotypical acting with an uh-huh. accent, British accent, which is that accent, and mm-hmm. thrown in a few Scottish lilts. So sometimes yes. it'll say ladies, like he'll do a little bit yeah. of a lilt. To and his he's voice. also pretending he's short of breath or maybe he is because of COVID and he has this mask. So it's very choppy the way he's speaking. So it's like I can verbally say I have never once done any of the acts that you described. <laughs> yeah. It's like comes and Dis- goes. Described. He'll do Describe that in like the, Irish. So I have never. It's like done if you taught Siri described. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like if you taught Siri to be British because it's a little robotic and it's very choppy. It's really it's so bad. strange. It's so strange, and it comes and goes. And then his and, phrasing is all wrong. There's one point, and he says, 
low blow, right low blow. Yeah. That, first of all, I don't think low blow. I could be wrong, but I have think that's not an Irish or I think that's an American saying. I don't think they'd use the term low blow. I don't know. And then they yeah. definitely not say right, right, cheerio. <laughs> that's a, yeah. it's a bit Dick Van Dyke like in Mary Poppins. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. They wouldn't. You wouldn't How have that accent and use that term. Yeah. He just doesn't know. It's so bad. Yeah. So then we meet this investigative reporter in Scotland, Jane McSorley, who has a podcast. Who is she's a podcaster who's yeah. not us. And um, but she should be our best friend. She's great. She has pink hair. Yeah, I'm we into love her. her. And her podcast is called I Am Not Nicholas. And the brilliant cover art is is like very Hitchcockian when he would do that side profile. And it's him in a wheelchair with the oxygen mask. And that's the cover art. And it's I Am Not Nicholas. So it looks like Bane and from Batman (laughs) and Alfred Hitchcock together with the blanket, with the polio blanket. Mm -hmm. I think that podcast is only on Audible, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm going to try to find it. Okay. So... She meets with Arthur and his wife, Miranda, and you're thinking, who is Louise? Because that's what Kimberly is thinking. Who is this Louise who is planning the funerals? We'll find out later. Right now, he's married to Miranda. And Jane, the reporter, podcaster, asked to see his arms because there are photos of these sleeves of tattoos that Nicholas had to make himself look cooler and like less of an incel, but it totally doesn't work. Because one of them is shady. (laughs) <laughs> the one with the squares, the red. Yeah. Do you know what I'm uh-huh. talking about? Where uh-huh. it's a little bit like Oliver's mysterious tattoo yeah. that he claims uh-huh. is some Dutch company, yeah. but we know better. I thought they all looked fake. I thought they looked too like shiny, like they were like he got them at a party for little kids or something. Well, and he has no business having a giant eagle. That doesn't go with his thing. No. It doesn't. What is he, Kid Rock? Why does he have yeah, that? Yeah, I don't know. And then he has this weird little shield on one shoulder that looks, it just... It looks like it might be the code for incels. Yeah, okay. 100%. So Arthur says, sure. He show, he sure. Pulls, sure. <laughs> he pulls up his sleeve of one arm up to the elbow. What's that? Elbow. He shows his forearm. He shows one he forearm. He shows his forearm. And he also pulls up photos of Nicholas's tattoos on the big screen TV in his flat. To, he is ready with a full PowerPoint presentation to prove to Jane that he's not Nicholas. So he shows his forearm and it has no tattoos on it. And Jane is looking for scars. She's looking to see if there's makeup. She thinks it looks clean. She never asked to see the rest of his arms. Well, so, okay, I think that might be why he's wearing his three-piece suit because it would be very right, difficult with him yeah. in the chair to take off the thing. Also, he yeah. is wearing a bow tie with, with these get-ups. I should note, the bow tie continues and I feel like Ugh. might be a giveaway. Yeah. They should have paid attention. Signature. Did you look at his arm very closely? Because I was look, I was trying to get was in looking, there on the arm. But he has hair on it. It's hard to kind of tell. We're only seeing a photo. So Which, but it kind of feels like no, we see it moving. He's doing this. Oh yeah, you're right. Like I feel like if there was laser tattoo removal, your hair wouldn't grow anymore. I could be totally wrong about that. Felt like you would have no hair and there mm. was hair all over. But I was really looking for makeup because makeup can cover a lot of things it can also help you enhance what's already there in the best way possible that's right i'm talking about thrive cosmetics 
But thrive should only be used for good to make women feel like they are thriving, not for Nicholas to cover up his tattoo. No, absolutely not. We here at A Date with Dateline love Thrive Cosmetics because we love a company with a cause. And there is no cause like Thrive Cosmetics' bigger than beauty mission. For every purchase that you make with Thrive Cosmetics as part of their mission, they support organizations that help communities thrive. And what's better than looking a little better on the outside and feeling a little better on the inside because you're choosing to purchase from a company with a conscience like Thrive? As we head into the warmer months, when it comes to makeup, I'm thinking about two things and two things only. Stay puttedness through sweat and heat and hydrate. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate is the motto for every summer. And that's why I already know the one lip item that will be coming with me everywhere I go this summer is the Sheer Strength Hydrating Lip Tint from Thrive Cosmetics. I don't know about you, but in the summer, the last thing that I want to do is put on a lipstick, a lip liner, a lip gloss that makes my lips all sticky and has my hair stick to it in these hot summer months. What I want is something with a hint of tint that is really moisturizing that I can just put on and go about my day. I can even put it on without looking, which I love. The Sheer Strength Hydrating Lip Tint glides on so smooth for a color that wears up to six hours without reapplying. It's lightweight, it's kind of balmy, but not sticky like one of those sticky glosses. And it hydrates your lips to make them look soft and supple all summer long. They also have six tints to choose from, so there's one for every skin tone. Go to thrivecosmetics.com and put one of these sheer strength hydrating lip tints in your basket. Put two, one for at home and one for your purse while you're on the go. So if you haven't tried Thrive Cosmetics by now, what are you waiting for? They have so many incredible products. I have yet to be disappointed by a beauty product or skincare product from Thrive Cosmetics. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com forward slash date dateline. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash date dateline for 20% off your first order. Forget D.B. Cooper. Take a deep dive into the world of Thrive. Thank you, Thrive. We love you, Thrive. Thank you for making Thank us you all thrive. thrive. So Jane thinks there's no makeup there. That's his real arm. The authorities have it wrong. This guy is innocent. This guy is not Nicholas. What did you think at this point? I want to be a person that gives people the benefit of the doubt. I felt like, what if we're wrong and we're all making fun of this guy and he has long COVID and he's this is a witch hunt against him. But I was like, Andrea won't do me dirty like that. I have to trust in the process and trust in Dateline. I was like, maybe it's not. And then he would speak. And I would be like, it absolutely is. Because either that's Nicholas or this is somebody else in hiding with a fake accent. 100%. Maybe he's just some other bad guy who's hiding because he is hiding for something. And then there's a point in this interview with Andrea where he does something where I completely lost it. Oh, my God. I was laughing so hard. I was crying. (laughs) And I thought, sir, you've lost me. That was the worst performance I've ever seen. So There is a lot of datelines we don't get to watch together. Like, ever. Yeah. 
hardly ever, but this is one that I really wished we had watched together. I know. I wish we had done like a watch along with like our listeners or something on Zoom. It would have been so much fun. Because it's just Our faces. My face was like, you you all who built this up, this episode up, and I was saving it. I didn't watch it when it was on because I was saving it because I wanted my reaction to be really fresh. So I had seen a few clips and I was like, don't watch. It's the guy in the oxygen and it is so good. No one oversold this episode. No, I had no idea. I just knew someone didn't die. And so that's all I knew. So I was like, ooh, maybe a con man. So there we go. Mm -hmm. So Arthur and Miranda, his wife, speak to our Miss Andrea Canning remotely. Thank God I don't want Andrea anywhere near this man. Miranda, to get the interview started, has to pick him up out of his wheelchair and put him in the interview chair. And he is a large grown man. So he's obviously helping. She's not carrying him like a baby, but she's like assisting him, moving him to the chair. And he is breathing like, <sighs> like Darth Vader in his oxygen mask. He says he was an orphan in Ireland, which is interesting because Nicholas was in the foster care system. So it's interesting that they have similar upbringings. And Mm -hmm. he grew up all over the UK, all over. That's maybe why his accent is sort of muddled. And he worked his way up to the corporate, up the corporate ladder in public relations, which is hilarious because his reputation could not be worse. So Miranda, the wife, says... You know, we fell in love, we got married, and we got married the same month that Nicholas apparently was dying, which is how I know that this is not my husband, because he's very much alive. We were on our honeymoon when Nicholas died, which is maybe why he faked his death and he was starting a new life at the same time. Come on, Miranda. My God. So they had this great life, so happy, but then Arthur almost dies from COVID, and he was in a medically induced coma. When he wakes up, it should be great celebration, except the police walk in and he is arrested in Scotland. And they say, this is Nicholas Rossi. He committed all these assaults. He committed all this fraud. And he, she's shocked. That's not my husband. And he says, I told them I'm not Nicholas Rossi, but people choose to believe what they want to believe. And that's a terrible accent, but no, it's just so terrible. No, that's exactly what he sounds like. He's really... But it's also it's, like choppy. The people believe oh, what they want to believe. And the only reason... Mask. We're not making fun of anyone... God forbid that anyone has long COVID. This does not track as being correct. This Mm-mm. feels like that that is not needed here. No. It feels like none of the thing, the aids that he's using, the medical aids are needed not at, at all. all. Not at all. And it's mostly so people go, don't see his face because he doesn't 100%. want them to know that he is Nicholas. So he has an oxygen mask. On. Or really hear his voice. Because exactly. I think, I think he's also raising the pitch Absolutely. so that it sounds a little bit like this. So that it also, if people won't recognize his voice, it's not just the accent, it's a change of his voice. Exactly. So there are a bunch of hearings in Scotland and basically a judge has to decide, is he Nicholas? And if he's Nicholas, are we going to extradite him to the United States to face all of these charges? So there are all these hearings and we see him, Nicholas or Arthur, wheeling himself to and fro the court in his motorized wheelchair. Sometimes he is chained with like shackles 
to an officer. So it looks like he's a dog on a leash in the Has office. Has he tried to escape? Is I that why? D- I Has don't he tried know. to zoom away? And then in one, he's wearing a full-on burgundy velvet Hugh Hefner pajama set. Smoking jackets, silk pajamas. It's disgusting. Did they call him out of bed? Or right. was he just very ill Slippers. that day? I mean, to be fair, anyone with long COVID should be issued from the government velvet pajamas so they can be comfortable, but not him going to court. You and- would hate velvet pajamas. Oh, it's too heavy. I get sweaty. You would sweat. Yeah. I mean, that's just polyester. No. And the reporters yeah. are just screaming at this man in a wheelchair and an oxygen mask, and they're bending down. It's so outrageous. And if he's innocent, it's the saddest thing ever. But we don't think he is, so it's the funniest thing ever. Do you think he called that paparazzi? Yes. He is I think so 100% too. doing this. and it Because he has his face covered. Yeah. Like, he'll have, like, a three-piece suit on, but then this huge bag over his face. Yeah. Like, you're not disguising yourself at all. I was surprised we didn't have a paper bag with holes cut out for the eyes. And yeah. he, he and it's at one point, he gives the peace sign. That's <laughs> when he's in the velvet smoking jacket. Oh, my God. He comes out okay, just giving Hugh the Hefner. peace sign. So he tries to scream at Andrea in this virtual interview with Andrea Canning. We were once a normal family, but thanks to the media, our lives have been interrupted. And he's trying to yell, but he can't get the oxygen. We would like privacy, and I would like to go back to being a normal husband. Privacy. Yeah, but I can't wow. because I can't breathe. I can't walk. People say that's an act, but let me let, let me try to show you. And he does this gesture to show that he can't walk. He stands up and suddenly his arms go limp like a rag doll, even though it's up, his but legs. They're elevated but up. they're flopped down. His hands are flopped down, but his arms are up because when you can't walk, suddenly your arms also cannot yeah, they atrophied. Yeah, so they're useless now too. Uh huh. And why this is that's this is the moment, and he falls back, and his wife is like, "Oh my gosh!" Trying to catch him from falling. No, no. no. And he's like, and he stands. He goes, "I'll show you." And he stands up, and like it's the most traumatic thing because he actually stands up. Pretty much Pretty just fine. It goes, oh. but then his arms go. The arms made me lose it. Why don't your arms work, sir? You are in a wheelchair. You've been pushing yourself around fine. You have been gesturing the whole time and playing with your oxygen mask, but suddenly your arms don't work and you are a raggedy Ann doll. And then he's like, that exact, see, see, this is what people do to me. They call me a liar. They say this oxygen is a prop. He's hyperventilating. And it is. this is when he lost me. If I had ever thought that he wasn't Nicholas, which I didn't really, but I wanted to give him the benefit. The bow tie of the should have given it away. The bow tie. The bow tie should have given it away. But this, the arms flopping around, suddenly the second he stands up, his arms go weak. It's Is there any way we can talk to Andrea? We got to ask yeah. her about that. I'm just, if I had been on the crew at Dateline, I would have had to. <laughs> hide my face because I would have started laughing. And she keeps going at him, but like she does well. There's one yeah. moment in the very beginning that we actually don't see, which is she goes, "Are you crying?" <laughs> and we don't get to see it in like the actual interview. I think we oh, only yeah. see it at the beginning where she's like, "Are you crying?" 
Are there any extras of this? This online? we need bonus footage. This is like yeah, that guy that Nick need... interviewed that was the most interesting man and whatever. And we're like, we need more content. We need the uninterrupted interview yeah. footage from this yeah. and then from Mank and the most interesting man in Colorado or wherever he was. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So then we meet a new person in the case who is named Nafsika Antipas, who is a beautiful woman in Canada, and she tells us her story. She's launching a vegan cheese company in 2020, which is great because we need better vegan cheeses. Some of them are nasty. We Most she, of them are nasty. She had an A&E show called Plant Based by Nafsika. So she's already kind of established, but she is wants- Is it Nafsika or Nafsika? Nafsika. Well, they say it- he says it different. He goes, Nafsika. Oh, well, that's his accent. He oh was raised God. all over, Katie. I'm so sorry. she goes on the website Upwork, Brands Unhappy Being on Dateline, to yeah. find someone in PR to help her with her new cheese business. She finds a man named Timothy Arthur Nicholas Knight Brown, which sounds like all of the members of New Kids on the Block smushed together. Oh, it does. I'm Tim. <laughs> I'm Arthur. I'm Nicholas, I'm Knight, and I'm Brown. (laughs) Which guy do you like the best? Which one's going to be in your sleeping bag? So he says he's a Harvard grad. Again, that's his favorite lie. He He really loves that. Oh, because he took a class. Yeah, he took a class at their extension course, and he has a sweatshirt. So he wears the sweatshirt. Uh, He has several many sweatshirts. Yeah. He says he's an international lawyer. And he's highly rated on Upwork's Brands Unhappy Being on Dateline. She calls him and she Upwork is, I guess, like LinkedIn, where you can find someone to do jobs for you. So she calls him and she says he sounds British on the phone, but he threw in some Irish phrases. She thinks he sounds okay. She agrees. They never meet because she lives in Canada. She agrees to pay him 7000 a month to do PR stuff for her. But he kept making excuses for why he wasn't sending her work. He was in the hospital. Then his wife was in the hospital. Then his dog was in the hospital. Then his hamster was in the hospital. So he can't do all this work. Then he pitches an idea where he and his wife would be on the board of her Mm-mm. companies and basically oversee her businesses. No, Nafsika say no, but she agreed. She never gives him access to her credit cards, but she gives him a copy of her passport. And she has now paid him $30,000 and he has done no work for her. So she's finally done. She fires him. She cuts him off from everything. He gets aggressive, which is his MO, and he sends her threatening texts. One says, if you plant it, it will grow. And you certainly planted a bad seed with your fraud plea. You have until Sunday at 5 p.m. Dublin time to come up with an acceptable settlement offer. Otherwise, you will have hell to pay. And in parentheses, legal, of course, (laughs) not like actual hell. Okay, good. Glad you clarified. Mm-hmm. She says there she says there's no contract. I don't have anything that I have to pay him. He says he wants $40,000 or another offer. He creates a website that's going to tell the world that her company is a sham if she doesn't pay up. It's like Nafsika is a scam artist or something and he's going to set this website to go live and she has 24 hours to pay him. And then he says plant-based more like plant-faced which what does that mean? What? Is that an Come insult? On. Is he going for two-faced? What? He was so proud of that, too. You know, he was like, see how good I am at PR? I'm no, like Don I, Draper. I think it's worse than that. I think it's like 
plant faced in your face. That is, so, so I can't even. It, you, it's you, so stupid. If you have to guess what he means, it's not good. He's not faced. <laughs> so then he posts the fake website saying she's a fake. He goes on social media and says her vegan cheese isn't vegan, which is the worst thing you can say about vegan cheese. I wish he had said her cheese is as fake as my Harvard diploma. So she calls the police. She hires a PI in Dublin because that's where he told her he lives. But they can't find him because he lives in Scotland and he's under the name of Arthur Knight, not Timothy James Jameson. Jingleheimer Smith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then she hears from the FBI and they want to know what she knows and she wants to know what they know. So they trade information. She tells them everything. She wants him behind bars. Meanwhile, he calls another press conference in Scotland with a new attorney that he has from the U.S. who believes that he's not Nicholas. Now, this new attorney once worked for David Levitt, who you'll remember I said will become important. David Levitt, back in Utah, Utah, is pressing charges for these old essay cases and has one against Nicholas, but he can't find him. Right. He and this lawyer had a falling out. So he now is going to work for Arthur, who is kind of David Levitt's white whale, the guy that he wants to get but can't find of course and his enemy political enemy now is wants to go work for him he says that's not why he believes arthur that's not why he's representing arthur but he does think nick david levitt is the bad guy in the situation and is making false claims about him and spreading bad information about you know slandering arthur and nicholas's name even though arthur is not nicholas And he tells Andrea, I've seen Arthur without his oxygen mask on, and that's not Nicholas. Okay. So Andrea, of course, asks Arthur to take off his oxygen mask just for a second so they can see his face. And he says, I can't right now. I might later, but I am hypoxic. I cannot, but I will later. But he never does. He won't show them his birth certificate. He won't tell them exactly the dates of when he was adopted. He won't tell them. I was an orphan, you see. Yeah, Dickens. I don't actually have what you'd call a certificate of birth. <laughs> Is that what he says? Because yeah, I bet you like that's that. close. Yeah. yeah. And Andrea says, look, I'm just trying to get some proof that will put people's minds at ease that you're not Nicholas. Good, Andrea. Good. And he says, which minds? And she says, well, one is the FBI. Maybe you've yeah. heard of them. It's mm-hmm. only three letters. You can't forget it. They are looking at you. And he says, no, I'm not being looked at by the FBI. And I'm being looked at by David Levitt. And she says, no, you are being looked at by the FBI. And he says, me? And she says, yes, you being looked at FBI. And he says, no, I'm not. So they ju- so Andrew just gives up. She's like, cannot go back and forth with him. He denies Nafsika's claim. I did not scam her. I'm sorry. Nafsika. Nafsika. I did not. Nafsika was my client. I'm sorry she feels that way, but her text messages say the opposite. She called us jewels or gems. I can't remember what he says. It's disturbing. She called us, she called us gems. Gems. He really speaks like he's in some kind of a, Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah, Really just 
Gnarly. And Andrea says, what do you say to someone who believes that you are Nicholas Aloverdian? And he starts crying and hyperventilating. Andrea, I am not Nicholas Aloverdian. I can't make this clearer. It's actually hurting my voice. And Andrea says, what do you say to all the people who say these are crocodile tears and you're putting on an act and he's crying like a little boy and his wife is patting his hair and his shoulder? And he's like, that's a a right low blow, Andrea. Crocodile tears. So he calls. It's a right low blow. (laughs) He does. Right low. He sounds like Uh, a goblin in Harry Potter who works at Gringotts. It's so also unattractive. I mean, not that it matters at all because the content is horrific what he's saying, but it's so unattractive to me that I'm waiting for Miranda's face to sort of recoil because I am recoiling yeah. at the I had to skip through parts of this <laughs> with him and the cuz I couldn't it's watching bad acting which you know I can't I, I know. cannot do it. I know. And so it was hard to watch it. It's so much Feeling embarrassed for him, but also being disgusted, yeah. being like, this yeah. is just off. You just stop. Yeah. Stop this. It's too you, much. You're not only a horrible person, you're also just making a fool of yourself. Yeah. He kind of has a little bit of bye-bye with rubber Durst. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Would you rather watch a couple make out hardcore or would you rather watch him talk? Make out. Wow. I'm not kidding. That's how unpleasant it is to watch this. Wow. It's really horrific. His wife says, we will fight this together. One day we will crack open some champagne and celebrate with our beautiful dogs. And I was like, stop letting this man near dogs. Also, by the way, this person who's in the bow tie with the blanket and the whole thing is like early 30s. Yeah, but he looks 55. He's trying to. Maybe that's the long COVID. He looks rough. Okay, so since his arrest... Three more women have come forward with charges against him. Of course. And he says, no, no, I didn't do that. And David Levitt is a con man and a monster. It's like classic deflection. I didn't attack any women. David Levitt is the monster here. There's two other people with charges against you. There's the FBI. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. there's the Mountie, not a Mountie, Mm -hmm. O'Donnell. Yeah. And the Treasury Department. Yeah. You you have it from all angles, yeah. sir. So David Levitt is running for re-election in 2020 in Utah. Days before his election, Arthur Public does a smear campaign, which is what he loves to do. He did it to Nafsika. He publicly accuses David and his wife of being cannibals which Yellow Jackets, no shame. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Human (laughs) trafficking, there's no excuse for that. Murderers, no. And heads of a cult, again, Yellow Jackets. When did he do this? What year? Days before the election in 2022. David, who is trying to clear cold SA cases and get- These are all very specific as well and remind me of a thing, starts with a Q, that was happening. Yeah. It's um this it's, is all the stuff from that. Yeah, I think he has children in a pizza shop in the basement. That's what um I, it sounds like that. He sounds yeah. like he's preying on those kinds of yes. fears. Yes, hmm. 1000%. Because if people believe that this man is a cannibal, a human trafficker, a murderer and heads of a cult and Andrea says, this is like a thriller and David Levitt says it didn't feel too thrilling for us. <laughs> 
It was horrible. And Arthur says, well, I have a source. My source is the Utah County Sheriff's Office because apparently the Sheriff's Office was backing David's opponent. And I have a feeling it's because he makes them look bad because they had let all these SA cases never get they had never done anything with them and they had all this untested stuff. And in my, the way Dateline is portraying it, David Levitt is really the good guy who was trying to make change. And these, this police department did not want this change. Well, he's making a lot more work for them. Yeah. And a it makes them more. look bad that they've dropped the ball on so much. Uh huh. So a, yeah. they deny being the source to Arthur, but it works. Levitt lost the election and his mm. job, which is, horrible because it sounds like he was trying to do good things then Uh arthur is back in the hospital which they think he says was for covid but it's for really dodging some court appearances he tries Uh to get out of things in the hospital they tell him good news you get to be released he loses it because then he'll have to go to court he jumps off a gurney and assaults a nurse and a doctor. Wow. He goes into a rage. He is not physically impaired. No. Or he has like crazy Hulk strength that comes out when he's angry. So they send him to jail and they quickly convict him of assault of this doctor and this nurse. But the big Good. case that is taking forever is his identity. Is he Nicholas? Is he going to be extradited? So the reporter and podcaster, Jane, is in the courtroom and she's watching as the prosecutor is showing that the tattoos on Arthur's upper arms are identical to Nicholas's. And Arthur says in court, those tattoos were put on me when I was in a medically induced coma. So someone it's like face off. Someone is trying to make this man Nicholas. It's like a big conspiracy, deep state. And they have tattooed him while he's in a medically induced coma that they probably put him in because COVID was created in a lab and they injected it into him. And then they tattooed him to make him look like Nicholas so they could arrest this man that they don't even know about in Scotland because he's only being accused of all this stuff in the United States and in Canada. So... The, it's um, someone is out to get him. Someone powerful. The Yakuza. I don't. Yeah. Everyone. George everyone's Soros, out to get him. Someone this is, is yeah. out to get him. So the tattoos were done on him when he was in medically induced coma. No sure. one can believe it. And I think this is the moment when Jane, the reporter slash podcaster, finally goes, oh, my God, he even tricked me. And yeah. something is up with that arm. And so she does more research, and one of his ex-wives says that in 2015, he was starting the process of getting his tattoos removed. So she just didn't see scars. Maybe he got a really, maybe it's been enough time, or he used that scar cream, and he just didn't have good scars, or he put makeup over the scars. Somehow he hid it from Jane. I feel like he had a fake skin patch on or something. I don't know. That feels really weird. Maybe a whole mm. fake arm, and his arm was tucked in his shirt, and he had a fake one. How did he think he was going to get away with this with the tattoos? Once he was he knew ready, they were he checking had their identity. PowerPoint thing, like he, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So what about the fingerprints? They are a match. His fingerprints are a match to Nicholas, but facts are not facts. You can't trust science. So he says those fingerprints were taken without his knowledge at the hospital when he was in a medically induced coma. And they were sent to David Levitt, 
who is out to get him for some reason. And David Levitt did some switcheroo and says that they match Nicholas, but they don't match Nicholas. Now we could just get them tested again by an independent lab. And I'm sure they would confirm that they do indeed match. So the FBI also got fake fingerprint, like all of every agency, Maybe not they just cut David off Levitt. Nicholas's hands, and then they cut off. They somehow they have the real Nicholas in a bunker somewhere. It's like the movie Dave, where he's pretending to be the president, yeah. and they have they cut off his hand and got some fingerprints, and then made a plaster of those fingerprints, put them on. Arthur's hand when he was in right. a medically induced coma. So if any right. nurses were watching or anything, they'd be like, oh, they're just fingerprinting our patient that is in a medically induced coma. And they wouldn't Naturally. see that there are little fit things like Play-Doh on his fingers doing the indents of the fingerprints. I think that's what he thinks happened. Wow. So the judge says he is without a doubt Nicholas. Arthur is Nicholas. Absolutely. I mean, at what point do you just stand up and say, oh, thank goodness. I give and up. You don't have to sit in the chair. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> this it's was hurting just... my back. My butt hurts. Also, it's incredibly offensive to pretend that you are differently abled when you are not. And there are many people who are actually suffering from long COVID and it's super offensive. It's There's so many offensive yeah, things Yeah, it's offensive upon here. offensive upon offensive. So, yeah. Are we talking again about Miranda before you end? Yes. So okay, David Levitt... The one who got fired, basically not reelected because of Nicholas. He buys a fixer upper castle in Scotland. My God, he I, is I looked from it up. Utah, and he yeah. goes to Scotland, and it's only fifty miles from where Nicholas was caught. And Andrea tells David, "You know, people around here call this your fu castle," and yeah. he dies laughing. He's it's like, "Great, it's so." That's karma. That's so good. It's called Nocturne. And it's beautiful. It's stunning. And he's going to fix it up. He's going to enjoy his forced retirement and fix up this castle. I don't even know. Can you imagine how expensive that would be? Anyways, he bought it for $1.25 million. A castle. On like a cliff a little bit. So it overlooks the lock. Yeah. But I also, I'm worried about him. I hope he didn't buy a money pit. Right. Like, imagine could, trying to could be, yeah. update electric and stuff yeah. in a place like that yeah. must be. But still, you own a castle. And it's close to where David was caught. I mean, Nicholas was caught. That's so good. And we got to hear Andrea say F you. Yeah, we did. So great. And he loves it. He laughs. So then we're back to the reporter, Jane. She's the reporter with the podcast. She found she's trying to figure out who is this woman, Louise? Who is Miranda? What does Miranda know? So she finds this recording of the mysterious wife, Louise, the one who is trying to set up all of these grand mass memorials. And she recognizes the voice immediately as Miranda, who she spent time with when she was looking into Arthur. So Louise was Miranda, according to Jane. She was in on it the whole time. She had to be. She knows everything. She is continuing to stand by her yeah. man and support him through all of this legal stuff. Mm-hmm. She has not been charged with anything so far. How did they meet? How, the they real said story. they meet. Yeah, they said they met at an art museum, but I don't know how mm-hmm. they really met. Because I feel like, okay, first of all, I think Miranda's how he got caught. 
Remember how the IP address yeah, all of a sudden you think was she messed up. in Glasgow? I think that I think she was sending an email from his account to try to take care of one of these something, maybe right. something having to do with one of the memorial masses right. or some sort of plaque that was going to immortalize him in Rhode right. Island, something. And she sent an email and didn't do the VPN or whatever she was right. supposed to do. Well, she was change. also part of the scam that took Nafsika for all this money. And so they were fully yes. scamming people together with their PR company that did no work whatsoever because their dogs were always in the hospital. Correct. I think that there's something that she sent something without He's a computer whiz, yeah, right? right? So she messed up and when he, he was, was in this. had COVID in the hospital. And was in a three-month coma. Yeah. I do think that's true. I think true. that happened, yeah. So I think she t- was trying to take care of some business while he was under uh-huh. and then messed up. something This happened. is a damn it Janet situation where the wife totally messes it up for the husband. Yep. Damn it, Miranda. Yeah. And also notice how much Miranda talked for him in the interview with Andrea. Yeah. A lot. Well, she doesn't have an oxygen mask. Right, but she's also very well-versed on how to do this. Totally. I would like to know Miranda's backstory Mm -hmm. and if her name is really Miranda. Yep, uh-huh. Are they, is it like oil and water, oil and gasoline, whatever the expression is? It's Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. I think it's oil and a match or something. Gasoline and a match. There we go. It's it's two things that need to not meet. Not and meet. And then I always met. feel like it's ammonia and bleach. Where right? it's the same thing. Yeah. It makes yeah. mustard gas. Yeah. It's all bad. Or was yep. she like an innocent woman who got kind of taken no. in by this con man and then started going along with it? There's two suspicious things of that, which is number one, you would know by his accent that he was not actually right. <laughs> she, British. Right. Yeah. But Jane makes a comment right now. The reporter Jane, who we like, she says, I know a British accent. Uh-huh. And when she heard Miranda talk, she knew that Miranda was Louise, right? Yeah. The yes. the fake person on the phone. If you do know an accent, did she not suspect it all from him? Right, right. Because I suspected him. With, I would suspect right. him without even knowing. Like Yolanda on 90 Day lived in Vegas, was American, apparently had never watched Downton Abbey or Shakespeare mm-hmm. in Love or something and never had heard a British accent. So she thought this Nigerian man was British and it was crazy. But Miranda lives in the UK and she's not suspecting that his accent is not weird. Also, he should have maybe said that he spent his childhood somewhere else where they speak English, maybe South Africa. It, there and is a South way, African vibe, too. That would give him an excuse for not always having such a yeah. clear British accent. Right. He should have picked another English-speaking yeah. place that was not yeah. U.S., I almost heard German, like he was trying to sound like Albert Einstein or something weird, his like a Irish, like a that's when he, German his Irish professor, German, like yeah. very strange. Yeah. So then we meet this very lovely Scottish defense attorney who actually was reached out to by Nicholas slash Arthur asking him to represent him on this extradition to the U.S. charges. And he said no, because he realized right away Arthur was too demanding, too difficult, would take up too much of his time. 
He yeah. explains to us that the process to extradite would might take years. And that is because actually for a very good reason, because mm-hmm. Scotland actually cares about its prisoners and wants to make sure that if they're extraditing someone to the U.S., that our prisons would live up to certain humane standards for prisoners. And according to my viewing of 60 Days In, they do not. And I did not know that. I didn't know this at all. This is mm-hmm. fascinating. And yeah. so they will not extradite until Utah specifically, because he'll probably go to Utah. Mm-hmm. Will have no. To, why? Because that's the FBI have him. The FBI want him, but there's also those SA charges that are still going in Utah that David Levitt started. So he could probably be transferred. I don't yeah, there's know. There's a or to a in federal, Rhode Island. He might, or he could go to a federal prison for fraud. Or Rhode Island. There's charges charges for him in Rhode, in Rhode Island. Island. So yeah. those prisons would have to prove to Scotland that they are up to snuff before they would extradite him, which is very interesting. Interesting. And do you think that, do we think that Nicholas knows this? He definitely knew because I think some, I read it somewhere, like he specifically knew which countries extradited easily and which do not. And he knew that Scotland was very hard to extradite to the U.S. Interesting. So I think I, he didn't pick a country that doesn't extradite to the U.S. There are a lot of those countries, but he maybe had some other reason for wanting to go to Scotland. I would also very much love to talk to someone who's spending time with him in prison and find out if his accent has dropped. Oh, I, mean, I have some questions. I do have a tiny bit of info about that. Oh, so his ex, Catherine, who is one of our many survivors of his, yes. says that he needs to be locked up or more people will be victims. And all of the women yeah. that have been suffered from him have kind of banded together. And it's really amazing. Amazing. This episode, very special episode, is dedicated to two very special supporters of the show. Cynthia C., who has been a Patreon of ours since 2018, which is when we started our Patreon. Wow. Is that not incredible? Cynthia C., you are a platinum star. We don't have a star system, but if we did, you would be the highest platinum, double platinum star Mm -hmm. Patreon Patronus. Also, Stella S. has been a Patreon since 2020 and has also been a supporter of A Date with the Bake, our other podcast oh, that no one cares about but a few listeners. We and all, she's one I of care them. about it. And I care about Stella S. I know. Thank you. She's amazing. She would bribe us with money to try to get us to do another season of A Date with the Bake. Oh. These two ladies are incredible, and we truly could not do the podcast without this loyal support of our listeners. Thank you so much. That is incredible, and that's why this very special episode is for you. It's for you. So, B-roll Bonanza. Yeah. Th- there's one photo where he's smiling in front of a glass case that maybe is at a supermarket, and there's a bunch of string cheese in the case behind him, Wh- but there's also wine. Why is he smiling in front of a cheese case? Is this foreshadowing, thank you, Cam, for, is this Dateline showing how he later gets into the fight about the vegan cheese with Navsika, and then they show him in front of a glass case with string cheese? Was that sneaky editing? Yeah, maybe. That's interesting. Also, who poses in front of a thing with string cheese? How'd they get all these pictures of him? Who had all these? Yeah. Catherine? Catherine is with her dogs a lot. 
and she seems to take great care of them. Yeah, she is. There's one mugshot of him with an a, an argyle sweater, and I've never seen a mugshot of someone with an argyle print sweater on Dateline. Yeah. Truly great. There's always a first, and it's him. Yeah. Ugh. And mm-hmm. then we see the priest doing priest stuff, priest B roll, oh, yeah. which I like. We see Detective O'Donnell in his fancy outfit, Rhode Island State Police. Yeah. He's driving. He's working on his computer. Again, very fancy, fancy. for the activities that he's doing. It's like if Mariska Hargitay on SVU was dressed up in that fancy uniform she has to wear when she goes to a funeral on that show, but she was like walking her dog in that outfit. Yeah, it's a lot, but I think he should never take it off. It I love great. it. He's so yeah, handsome. It really does look yes. great. Mm-hmm. We do get to see Mary looking out a window. That's Mary who was the, you know, Mary's kind of dressed down for her Dateline uh-huh. interview. But I didn't mind it because she's not a state representative in the state house. But maybe that's a Rhode Island thing. Yeah. I, I don't think, think so. I'm trying up, to think if. It, her, she is wearing one of those like sweaters. Yeah. Zip up. No, Senator White House is always You know, the up. priest is wearing a cable knit sweater. It's chilly. It's very chilly there, I think. Maybe that's what's going on. That state house was so impressive. Why is it so... It was stately, dare I say. I thought they were in Washington, D.C. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's got to be the actual House of Representatives. Nope. No. Nope. It's just this, like, with staircases and gold Mm -hmm. seals and just... It was Mm -hmm. Rhode Island. Anyways. And then we also get Nefsika staring out a window she's texting she's sort of staring out like pensively with her arms mm-hmm. crossed she's done a lot of photos she knows how to stand 100 she's an influencer she has her own show she has her own company she's pretty she's, she's she looks like a lifestyle guru she's for sure. she 100 vegan, yes vegan lifestyle and i am guru. ready to follow her i will buy her cheese I looked up that dress that satin she has like a satin button front wrap dress and i think i know it's available so, but it's expensive. Mm-hmm. We also get, sorry, I moved into fashion police. Andrea looks stunning, always. Andrea looks great. She's wearing a pink trench coat in Scotland. Yeah, she's wearing a puffy coat too, later. Miranda is in a beret. Yeah. Thoughts? I don't like Miranda. Yeah. But again, I feel bad for her if she is some sort of victim of his, but I don't think so. I really need more information on her. I'm putting a I big question mark by Miranda. I feel bad judging in case she is. Me too. Manipulated but I, by him. But there are things here that seem like you would have had to have known. Right. You would have had to have known. Right. The fake arrangements for his death when she right. knew he was sitting next to her. Right. Yeah. That's, but that's what it. if she's just being forced to do all this? That's a possibility. And too. she's so in his abuse that she won't leave him even when he's in jail. How long has he been in the UK? One How many key, years? At least three. 2018? Yeah, maybe more. 2020 okay, so. was when he died in Rhode Island. But not in Rhode Island, but it was announced in Rhode Island that he died, I believe, in So maybe like 2018, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. He was still, no, he was still like doing stuff in Rhode Island politically. But then he started calling them from overseas and with the staticky on the line and stuff. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's so weird. Okay, what outside info do you have? I'm dying. Oh, hang on. Sorry, are they in your tweets? Yeah. Oh, okay, never mind. We'll wait till we get there. Do you have any titles? I actually don't have that great of ones. I'm disappointed. The Cockroach Con. I had Cockroach Tears. <laughs> Cockroach Tears? 
instead of crocodile tears. Oh, oh, know, okay. Yeah, no, that's right, good. Go oh, that's, that's good. Terrible. I just didn't get it. That's good. What else? Um, I don't have anything. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I had the Dark Knight because he's that. Oh, okay. And he kind of looks like Bane. And then I had, yeah. <sighs> Batman. And Bane has this weird voice like this. Okay. And then I had a play on his last name, which doesn't quite work. So hold on. I got to get it right. Sometimes his last name is Rossi and sometimes it is Aliverdian. Aliverdian. Sometimes so it's I had Aliverdict is in. You're guilty. <laughs> That's what I had. I love it. All right. Tweets. So he did say sometimes when he didn't show up to court appearances, it was because he had COVID again. He got COVID like 15 times. Sir. Sir. You should just say you have ongoing complications from yeah. having COVID. He said, I could go to court, but would that be lawful? So he said he was afraid to break the law by exposing others to coronavirus. And that's why he sometimes did not go to court. He refused to provide a DNA sample for a long time. I'm not sure if they eventually had to get court orders because why couldn't they just DNA him if they have Nicholas's DNA? Because he refused. And maybe in Scotland, they can't just take it. Yeah. So he was fighting that for a long time. He accused prison officials of a masterful sabotage in his relationship with his defense attorneys. He is now on his eighth set of lawyers in the UK. Oh, my God. Um, and I don't know when this article was, so it could be more. But the prosecutors said he refused to meet with attorneys, and he was the one who was causing all these problems. Let's see. Hang on. Eighth set of attorneys. Yeah. As of that article. But see, he's also going to then get a reputation, which is why also that extradition attorney is not going to work. No, that gets around. Yeah. People just won't want to work with you. Right. Camp sent me all of his notes. Like he took notes on a pad of yellow paper. He looks like an X-Man villain. <laughs> Who does? Oh, yeah, he totally does. Yeah, he t totally does. Let's see. You know he's setting up interviews right now, right? You know that if he's going to get, he's going to try to get something going where if he gets convicted. Well, no, because they can't charge him because they can't extradite him. Right. Is there any way that he could be released in Scotland because of health or anything else? He ha was charged and convicted with assaulting the nurse and the doctor, but I don't know how long his sentence was for that. It can't yeah, be that maybe. long. Is there any way that also they could find out while he's incarcerated there that he doesn't need that motorized wheelchair? Right, right. Like, are they going to do full medical on him to make sure he right. doesn't need these things? Oh, Cam's title was The Fugitive, but this time you can recognize Lester. <laughs> Remember when Meg said that yes. Lester was at the end of Fugitive and I posted screenshots? I went to yes. The Fugitive and ever no one could believe that that was Lester. It doesn't look very much like him. I yeah. did see that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was so Karen good. Rose did, said, I did some extracurricular reading after watching this. And apparently the other inmates sing leaving on a jet plane to him and are bullying and harassing him. Well, he sounds like he might have been a little bit of a bully in his time. So yeah. I might... don't condone it, but I'm not mad. Beth says props to Andrea for not reaching over and snapping that oxygen mask on his face. If Just she had been in pop. the room. <laughs> Just pop. Yeah. That killed me. Um, I bet she, I would have had a really hard time not just going, stop, stop it. Yeah, yeah. Stop it, Nick. Ugh. He probably just loved that he was on Dateline, too. Yeah. 
Melissa says this episode is comic gold, big time Arrested Development vibes. Mm-hmm. Also, I could it hear is. him when he's like struggling to stand up. I could kind of hear the Curb Your Enthusiasm music starting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, Pam says, you know, the guy is cheap when he's using fraudulent credit cards and still only buys you a $40 cubic zirconia engagement ring. Yeah, right. he's like stealing money from her. He's stealing money from the foster parents and he's still only buying the $40. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's really bad. And Jill says, my mom needs you all to know that she thinks Andrea always has such nice blouses. Tell that to those Dateline girls you talk about. We're those Dateline girls. We're the Dateline girls. Yeah. I'm sure there were so many good tweets, but I missed them because we skipped this episode. So apologies. But he is complaining that he is being treated poorly in prison by the guards because they're ruining his relationship with his defense attorneys. He doesn't like that he's in a private cell, but I think he should be for his own safety. And he's complaining that the other prisoners sing leaving on a jet plane to him. That's beautiful. So something I did remember, I think in order to change his face besides the oxygen mask, I think it's why he probably realized he had to have the oxygen mask. I would love to see if the doctors think he actually needs it still again. But he had a full beard before, remember? He's got like at least like definitely a chin strap going on and he completely shaves his face, changes the glasses that he wears earlier, these thick black Uh sort of Jason Schwartzman in Rushmore glasses. And then, but now he's in these, he's doing everything he can to try to change the way that he looks. And he parts his hair way on one side. And he's gained weight and that changes the shape of his face too. And I think that might be on purpose, the weight gain. And also the way that he does the whole interview is he hunches forward and and puts his shoulders up. Yeah. So he creates a fully different body shape. Uh huh. This is going to fascinate people for years. By the way, this is extreme. Yeah. What's happening? So I don't know if he calls all those press people. I think people are genuinely interested in this case. I think he helps it. Whenever he can, he's like it's Haley Bieber calling the paparazzi and then being like, "You guys, stop bothering me." It's atrocious. He is atrocious. Yeah. This is a bad con man and fascinating. Yeah, but also terrible. But for such as that episode had so many funny moments. Oh, my so, goodness. But I don't actually want to give him the satisfaction of looking up any inf- more information, which is rare for me. But I'm like, I don't want him to know that I'm giving him clicks. Right. I don't want to give him any attention because right. I feel like the attention's making it worse. Like a kid. Yes. Uh-huh. Horrible. You did a great job on that recap. Thank that was you. An in-depth episode and it was thank you i'm glad everyone encouraged us to do it thank you for being patient i know you wanted us to do it when it first came out but thank you we appreciate all of your support honestly like most podcasts don't last six months let alone six years and that means very great a lot to us that we are one of the very small percentage so we are super honored by that and thank you thank you we couldn't do it without you Thank you all. Take care. Be your own oxygen. Put on your own oxygen mask first. That's what they always say. He's Oh not- my gosh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he's doing. He's doing self-care. Bye, everybody. Bye. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> Good job. There are landmines, but it's like Indiana Jones. I've never seen that movie, but I think there's booby traps and then there's a prize at the end. It's like Goonies. That's a better example. There are booby traps, but then at the end, 
the kids kind of win. Do they win at the end of Goonies? Oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Never saw it. I'm going to be quiet. What? I'm going to, we both need to be quiet. He's like the wet bandits and he has to have a signature now, thing and we see going to get him caught. Exactly. We, you bring up the wet bandits a lot. Sorry, that movie was one of my very favorites. Oh, that's cute. I was obsessed with that movie. I saw it twice in the theater. I was obsessed with the soundtrack I used to listen to when I went to sleep. It's beautiful. Yeah, it really is. That somewhere in my yeah. memory mm-hmm. when they're in the church. Okay, mm-hmm. anyways. And um, I like the one that's like, dun, 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 dun. everything is bad. Dun, There's dun, a murder dun, and things dun, are attacking dun, and someone's going to break into your house. It was like the first scary movie I ever saw. Would you like to watch it together as a group watch this holiday season? Absolutely. That'd be really fun. A thousand percent. We can see how problematic it is if it doesn't hold let's up. Let's try not, not sure. to do. Let's try to enjoy it. As yeah. It, okay. Okay. <laughs>